أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد verse number forty-seven of Surah Araf وإذا صرفت أبصارهم تلقاء أصحاب النار قالوا ربنا لا تجعلنا مع القوم الظالمين and when their eyes are turned towards the dwellers of the fire, they say, Our Lord, place us not with the wrongdoing folk. Uh, as you remember, we were discussing about Ashabul Araf, people of Araf. There were uh, differences of opinion about who these may be. And of course, what uh, rationally we could understand from the verses of the Quran and from traditions was that these people are very highly stationed people who can see both the people of hell and people of paradise and they are authorized to speak with authority as we will see in these verses and uh, they will have a discussion with Ashabul Nar and then they will issue permission for Ashabul Jannah to enter into paradise and therefore these people are either the prophets or Ausya of the prophets those uh, who have inspired knowledge like the prophets, although they are not prophets, from Siddiqeen and Shuhada and Salihin. And also, we said that وَعَلَى الْأَعْرَافِ رِجَالٌ There are men on A'raf. doesn't mean that they are exclusively men. This is just used as منباب التغليب, and they say in Arabic, to use one uh, category to denote uh, to others as well and therefore there are women as well on this araf maybe as we have in tradition fatima peace be on her maryam peace be on her they will be from ashabul araf as well now there is one uh, uh, very strange statement here with regards to this ashabul araf they of course uh, looked at uh, ashabul jannah uh, and they greeted them, they said, Salamun alaykum, and these Ashabul Jannah are yet on the doors of paradise. They haven't entered, but they hope to enter. Lam yadkhuluha wahum yatma'un. They enter it not, although they hope to enter. And then when their eyes, when their gaze turns toward Ashabul Nar, as I said, they are on an elevated position. And Probably we shouldn't take this physically. They are on an elevated position from which they can see both people of paradise and people of hell. And when their gaze turns towards Ashabul Nar, وَإِذَا صُرِفَتْ أَبْصَارُهُمْ تِلْقَاءَ أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ When their eyes are turned towards the dwellers of the fire, قَالُوا رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْنَا مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ Our Lord, do not place us with the wrongdoers, with Zalimin. Now, two very important uh, concepts can be uh, understood from this. First of all, these people who are people of fire are Zalimun. None but the Zalimun, those who have committed Zulm, will be placed there. Although every sin is a zulm, is a wrongdoing. However, not every sin would make a person to be zalim. Zalim, which is uh, 
the one who possesses this quality is someone who constantly do something as zol. So uh, the zol, which the sin that people do uh, occasionally and then they repent from it, does not place one in the category of zalim. Zalimun are those who continuously do zol. So these people who are placed in the category of people of the hell are those who are zalimun. And when these uh, uh, people of Araf uh, look at them, they say, لا تجعلنا مع القوم الظالمين. Why they say this? Now, Shaykh Tusi, rahmatullah alai, uh, mentions that uh, uh, although they know for sure that Allah will never praise them with them, otherwise they wouldn't have been on that elevated position, however, asking God from the position of a humiliated person, who deserves to be with them, but is not with them. And it, when we say deserve in the term, in terms of not having been able to worship God the way Allah deserved to be worshipped. And this, of course, no one can do. No angel, no prophet can, can worship God the way Allah deserves to be worshipped. And this is what uh, Imam Zain al-Abidin mentioned in Sahih al-Sajjadiyya, that the angels, when they hear the fire of the hell blazing, they say, Subhanaka ma abadnaka haqqa ibadatik. You are purified. We did not worship you the way you deserve to worship. Do not place us there, because we now confess to our shortcomings. So this is the way they are asking. And uh, Shaykh Tusi, rahmatullah alayhi, mentions that, إِنَّمَا حَسُنَةِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ minhum. It's good to ask, although they know for sure that Allah would not place them, to show their humbleness and to show that this is what they deserve, however Allah has graced them, has favored them with this elevated position. And then he mentions one, exa- one other example uh, in Surah Tahrim when uh, the prophets is mentioned alongside with the mu'minun on the day of judgment the day when Allah will never humiliate the prophets and those who believed in him however although they see the light coming from their soul from their hearts uh, brightening the way illuminating the way for them to move forward towards paradise, still they ask, Rabbana atmam lana nurana. Do not discontinue this light for us. As, of course, they are sure this is not going to be discontinued, but they ask from a position of a, the position of a humble person, Rabbana atmam lana nurana. Wa'afar lana. In and they still ask for forgiveness although they know that because they are in that position Allah has already forgiven their sins so it is good always to be in position of seeing oneself as uh, deserving punishment because of the shortcomings and this is the meaning of the hadith uh, that uh, Imam alayhi salam uh, taught to one of his followers that always say that Rabbana la taj'alna ma'al mu'areen wa la 
تخرجنا من التقصير Never let us think that we have no shortcomings Never exclude us from this uh, area of those people who feel that they always have shortcomings. It's always good to think like that because that opens the door of the heart for more grace. If you think that you are complete, if you think that you are perfect, then everything is shut. You cannot receive more grace. But if you have this attitude that you always have something, have some need that should be completed and perfected, then, of course, the grace of God will come to you. This is how Sheikh Tusi mentions uh, this dua from Ashab al-Araf. وَإِذَا صُرِفَتْ أَبْصَارُهُمْ تِلْقَى أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ قَالُوا رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْنَا مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ There's another explanation for this as well. And that is the way these people of hell are disfigured because the face has become just like the, the inner quality of the people. The way they are disfigured, the ugliness which appears from their face, make them spontaneously to say, Rabbana la taj'alna ma'al qawm al Seeking refuge to God from the status where these people are having at the moment. Then they call them. After, of course, they have to look at them. One question is why they turn their gaze towards Ashabun Nar? Because now they are in position of authority. They have to speak both with people of hell and with people of paradise. And this is something which is uh, part of their duty. And therefore, they have to speak to them as well. Not only look at them, they have to speak to them. Wanada. أصحاب الأعراف رجالا يعرفونهم بسماهم قالوا ما أغنى أنكم جمعكم وما كنتم تستكبرون and the dwellers on the heights call unto men whom they know by their marks what did your multitude and that in which you took your pride avail you ما أغنى أنكم جمعكم وما كنتم تستكبرون now, يعرفونهم, first of all, this nada is in past tense. Called, the people of Araf called men whom they know by their faces. Why past tense? Because this is, in Arabic language, for two reasons, it's permissible to use past tense for future. One, when the future certainly is going to happen. And actually this is signifying the certainty of th- something which is going to happen. So because this is something that surely will happen, Allah uses past tense. Nada ashabul Arab. As if they have already called them. It is so certain as if they have already called them. And the second is when we, we are actually reporting something, narrating something in the future, we can use past tense due to the uh, to the narration. However, the best thing is that this is so certain. When the waqa happened, that means when it will happen. So it's so certain that Allah uses the past tense. They know them by their faces or by their marks. Now, what are their faces? In what uh, way they know their faces or their marks. Certainly they haven't seen, these people in Arab haven't seen all these people individually because 
these may belong to different generations as well. What they, how they realize that these are the people whom they have to talk to is from their marks. The arrogance, the, uh, uh, the wrongdoing, the zulm has put marks on their face, darker than others, more, more ugly than others. This is more disfigured than others. This is how they know that these are the leaders of the wrongdoers. And they address the leaders of the wrongdoers. قَالُوا مَا أَغْنَى عَنْكُمْ جَمْعُكُمْ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَكْبِرُونَ They call on them that uh, your jam. Now jam may mean two things here. مَا أَغْنَى عَنْكُمْ جَمْعُكُمْ Jam'ukum may mean what you use together or your multitude, your number. Because the leaders of wrongdoers usually were proud of two things. Were proud of two things: one, their wealth, and the the reserves of the treasures that they had to use for their armies, for troops, and for uh, oppressing people more. And the other, the multitude and the number of their soldiers that they were proud of. So, from what is mentioned here, ma aqna ankum jamukum wa ma kuntum tastakbirun shows that these are the leaders of the wrongdoers, which are addressed by Ashabul Araf. And the dwellers on the highs call unto men whom they know by their marks, saying, What did your multitude and that in which you took your pride avail you? This is of course uh, in interrogative uh, sense, however we can have it uh, in informative sense as well. Are these, that's actually pointing to the people of paradise, that you swear that they will never receive rahmah from Allah. Allah will not avail them, uh, show them his mercy. Are these the ones? Then, there's something very specific uh, to these people uh, mentioned here. Udhulul Janna La Khawfun Alaykum Wala Antum Tahzanun. Enter the garden, no fear shall come upon you, nor is it you who will grieve. Now it it is a sort of uh, attitude of mustakbirun, of the arrogant, that they always see others less than themselves. And, of course, they are the, the leaders of mustakbirun. And always they say that what God has given us, or what nature has given us, is more than what others do have. In, not in terms of external things that they have, even they are proud of their qualities, their personal qualities. They think that they are always better than others. And if someone differs with them in their thinking, in their knowledge, in their attitude, they say, well, they are nothing. Humiliate them. And it was probably never uh, foreseeable for them to think that people whom they thought they are so humble, people that they thought they are nothing, just food soldiers for them to be killed, they are now in a position where Allah is showing them his mercy. And this, this is one of their, uh, their punishments, 
what they see. Of course, this is not something that Allah wants to punish them with, but it is naturally coming upon them that they see people who were so humble, people who were so humiliated in their eyes, now are on this very, very high position. Allah is showering his mercy on them. And this is what Ashab al-Araf is talking about. You swear that God is never going to give them anything, uh, any mercy. Uh, And this shows that uh, these people who are on the other side are not people who did not believe in God. These are the people who did believe in God. These are the people who did believe in uh, in certain religions. However, they thought that they are better placed than others. And this is what actually the Quran talks about, mushrikun, in all uh, different verses. That they always say that God has given us more. Although they believed in associates with God, but they believed in Allah as well. Allah has given us more. And how should we think that this is going to be discontinued? We have been better, just like shaitan. We are better than them. That's why Allah has given us all these things, power, uh, pride, glory, and hasn't given them anything else. Therefore, we are never going to be... uh, uh, to, to be deprived of this mercy of God which uh, he has shown us. And for example, in some verses of the Quran, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَوْ كَانَ خَيْرًا مَا سَبَقُونَا إِلَيْهِ The disbelievers say that these humble people, these humiliated people, they think that they are going to right direction. But if this Quran, if this revelation was something good, they never would have preceded us in this. We would have been the ones who have uh, gained more uh, benefit from it. But, but, because this is nothing, not good, so they are going towards it, we are not going towards it. And uh, also from a, an arrogant person, the Quran says, وَلَئِنْ رُدِدْتُ إِلَىٰ even if I go back to my Lord, I have better things than what he has given to me here. They, their benchmark is the wealth of this world. If Allah has given this world to someone, that means he is the one who is better in the eyes of God. And here, of course, all the benchmarks, the, uh, all the criteria are changed. They here speak with authority. They issue permission now. Enter paradise. There is no fear upon you and you will not be sad at all after you enter paradise, of course. Now, how are they allowed to speak with such an authority? They issue permission for people of paradise to enter into paradise. How they are sure about what they are saying, their statement, لا خوف عليكم ولا أنتم تحسن. We know that sometimes angels speak with such an authority. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ or they say, La خوف عليكم ولا أنتم تحزنون. The angels 
talk to the good souls that there is no fear, no sadness for you. They speak with such an authority because they speak from the Lord. How these people speak with such an authority that no sorrow, no sadness, no fear is coming upon you anymore is because these are from those who speak with permission of God. And anyone who speaks with permission of God on that day speaks the truth. Uh, in many verses of the Quran, we have this. All voices would go down for Allah, and no one would speak. لا يتكلمون in another verse. لا يتكلمون إلا من أذن الله الرحمن. No one would speak. Except those whom Allah, the Rahman, would give them permission, and they speak through the truth. These are the people who speak with such an authority. So, very highly elevated in, 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 in Araf, and special, specific people with specific mercy received from Allah by them. Now, then there is another conversation here. وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ أَنْ أَفِيضُوا عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ أَوْ مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهِ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَهُمَا عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ And the dwellers of the fire cry out unto the dwellers of the garden, pour on us some water, or some that were with Allah has provided you, they say Allah has forbidden both for disbelievers. And then there is a there is a definition of disbelievers here. What is meant by disbelievers who are in that position? Now, nada again means they call from a very long distance. There is a there is a veil between them. However, there is a knowledge, there is a sense and feeling here that now that they have entered paradise, after they are issued the permission to enter paradise, now that they have entered paradise, ashabunnar call upon them. That give us, afizu means pour upon us from a high place to a lower place. This is a father. Afizu alayna min al pour down some of the water. Or some foods that Allah has given you. أو مما رزقكم الله قالوا أن الله حرمهما على الكافرين. Now, one thing, one one aspect which I have discussed uh, on many occasions is that there is a there is a sense, there is a sort of understanding of the position of Ashabul Jannah by Ashabul Nar and Ashabul Nar by Ashabul Jannah. They know each other's position as if they see each other. Although this is not a visual sort of uh, seeing, but they feel what the other, what situation the other are in. And this is why they ask for some water and for some food or whatever Allah has given them. Now, one question that Exodus have asked is that, do people of hell need food or water? Well, certainly they do. And that's why they go for food in hell. They eat from Zakum, they eat from Zari, they eat, they need food. And the punishment that they are in, the fire that they are in, would not prevent them 
would not preclude them from this wanting of food because that is another need physical need that they have as people of paradise have those physical needs people of hell have those physical needs as well however the the drink or the water they get there is stinky is uh, is uh, is hot is uh, infected so they wish they could have some water from paradise and also the food what the people of uh, after this request what the people of paradise say is that qalu allah has forbidden these on kafirin the exodus have discussed here that wouldn't people of paradise feel pity for these people although they have they are there for those, their wrongdoings why don't they feel pity for them I mean, even if we see someone in this world, the most wretched person we see in this world, in a very destitute position, we try to help them. What about people of paradise? Don't they try to help these people? Now, uh, the Exodus answer in this way that, no, they have a sort of hatred towards people of hell, and that's why they do not give them anything. However, this is not what the verse says. The verse says Allah has forbidden it. In, in a way they are saying that was it not forbidden for you, we would have given you these things. But Allah has forbidden it. How Allah has forbidden it, is it like the, the haram and halal in this world that it is haram for Ahlul uh, Ahlul Nar to eat or drink from what Ahlul Jannah eat and drink? Or it is something which naturally is impossible. So this hurma harramahuma alal kafirin, Allah has forbidden it, is not a sort of legislative hurma. It is a creational hurma. It is not possible for you to drink from this. Even if that drink comes to hell, it turns into the type of drink which is in the hell. Allah hasn't made, created this in a way that you could drink from it. And these things that we eat here, Allah hasn't created in a way that you could eat from it. And many of these commands or haram and halal that Allah mentions about the day of judgment is not legislative sort of haram and halal or legislative sort of uh, uh, command or prohibition. It is creational, it is taqwini, as they say, not tashri'i. Like, for example, uh, one, uh, one other example that we, we discussed before. When Iblis, when Iblis went arrogant, he was in that very high position with, with archangels, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when he said, qala, Anna Khairumman, I am better than him. He looked at himself. Anna. He looked at himself. When he looked at himself, his eyes was shut from the glory of God. Because we ourselves have no glory. We are so small, we are so tiny, we are so humiliated creatures in our uh, own accord that when we look at ourselves, we are nobody. When we look at God, and our relation with God, then there is glory. Then there is elevation of positions. So as soon as Iblis looked at himself and said, I am better than him. And of course mentioned that very silly argument that because he is from 
soil, I am from uh, fire. قَالَ فَحْبِطْ مِنْهَا Allah said, command it, go down. فَلَيْسَ لَكَ أَن تَتَكَبَّرَ فِيهَا It is not for you to have arrogance here. Now, was this command a command that Iblis had to obey? No, this was a creational command. That it is impossible for you to look at yourself and to stay in this position. فَخْرُجْ إِنَّكَ مِنَ الصَّاغِرِينَ Now you are very small. Now that you look at yourself, you are very small. Before you were looking at me, you were great, you were huge. And this is uh, certainly uh, correct for every archangel, for every prophet. As soon as they look at themselves, they are very small and they fall. But when they look at the glory of the Lord, and when they worship the Lord, they are always in tasbih and tahmid. That is why they are so high. And they are in that position. As soon as someone looks at themselves, any creation, any creature of God, then they are very small and they fall. So this is a creational command coming from the Lord to Iblis uh, that it is impossible for you here because you are now so small to, to stay here. You have to go down to the place where the Sagarin are, where the small creatures are. And he was, of course, sent down. Despite his great power, despite his great talent, despite his, his great qualities that Allah has given him, Allah says, you are now very small, go down. Here as well, it is impossible for the inhabitants of hell to avail themselves of, of those bounties because it, it doesn't match with their nature. What matches with their nature is that hot water, is that a very grotesque sort of situation with that gross food that they, they, can, they can eat. And this is what they can digest and they can survive with. They cannot digest the food of the people of paradise. This doesn't go with their nature. And this is what they are, the people of paradise are saying. We would have loved to give you some of this. But Allah has forbidden this in a creational way, not in a legislative way. Allah has forbidden this for kafirin. And then there is, of course, a definition of kafirin, which we leave, inshallah, for our next session. Thank you very much indeed, Sheikh. You finished at the right note, isn't it? <laughs> we'll have to wait another two weeks, couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll, maybe on 8th of January, inshallah. But anyway, 8th of January, inshallah. We open the floor for discussion, question, answer, anything. Uh, brothers, sisters, anybody ready? Yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I had a question with regards to um, it says Wabaina Huma hijab. So in, yes. in between them is a veil. So what what's the um, function of this veil? It seems that the people from uh, the dwellers of the garden and the dwellers of the fire seem to be able to talk to each other and maybe even see what the other people are doing as they say give us some of the water. Um, is it purely just so that um, by nature they can't give them any of the water, that's the function of the hijab. That means the two walls do, do not uh, uh, somehow fuse into each other. Although they may see each other's position, but they, they are, these are completely two different worlds. And these two different worlds, like for example, Allah says, 
مرج البحرین یلتقیان بینهما برزخون اند برزخ مینز حجاب دی سیم تینگ لا یبغیان دی تو سیز دی دی سویت ووتر اند دی سالتی ووتر دی دو نات فیوز اینتو ایچ آدر اند دیس از دی سیم تینگ دی تو ورلز دو نات فیوز اینتو ایچ آدر اولو دی می سی وات از هاپنینگ این دی آدر دایمنشن Um, I'd like to ask, you talked about arrogance, yeah, from the Quranic perspective. I was talking to a Christian lady. Is the definition of arrogance the same in the Bible? Is it the same way, that, punishable, you know, that they think? And number two, when the person is being arrogant, does he know he's being arrogant deliberately, or is it blindly? Uh, well, first of all, the Bible... speaks the same way about arrogance yes and uh, of course every religion all religions sorry all religions have the same attitude towards arrogance and uh, an arrogant person uh, is uh, sometimes uh, ignorant of of their arrogance but in in most cases they are quite aware especially especially a person who is uh, watching upon themselves a person who feels that they have to always uh, be accountable if they have some arrogance they realize it and they try to remove it from themselves however sometimes arrogance actually take people to a position that even they become ignorant of their arrogance and they they think that they are the best of all creatures Thank you. Yes. Assalamu um, Seems the conversation here is between the um, people of uh, paradise and the people of hell. Uh, with this veil, I'm trying to th- uh, put it in the perspective of people not having any bodies at the time. So I'm just, could you sort of expound on that a bit? Because when you say they will be starved in hell, is this is a physical, a physical term for a body. When it says that send to us from what God has given you, water and risk, risk a home, um, is that particularly physical or could it be meaning some peace from what God has provided you instead of actual drink and food? But what you, why do you say they have no bodies? Um, it's only because of the metaphors that we have talked about before in the sense that the, it's the spirit of the person that is being punished because we are not in particular state exactly the state as we are in this world. The physical bodies will be different from what we have. I thought we went past that in, in, in terms of not having the body that you have here on earth because the punishment is to the brain, to the heart. Well, of course, punishment is always to the, to the brain or heart, but it comes through uh, certain uh, mediums. For example, if, if our heart or soul or whatever, our, uh, that, that center of our feelings is going to be punished, is punished through our body sometimes, isn't it? Because if our body is hurt, that center of feeling is hurt. And... Uh, Sometimes it is psychological, sometimes it is spiritual, but it is, in most of the uh, cases, uh, physical as well. So uh, 
I, I think we should not preclude this physical punishment there in hell as well as psychological and spiritual punishment because how the Quran puts it, we go back to physical bodies after we have been separated from our physical bodies here and we live in our spiritual bodies in the world of Barzakh, then when the day of resurrection comes, we go back to our physical bodies as again. However, that physical body is different from this, I understand, but it's still physical. And therefore, they could have all those starvation and uh, thirst and such things. Exactly, following on to that, there is a representation of the body which is not exactly the same. So when it says, actually it says in the ayat, Ma wa rizqukum, yes? what God has given you from the water and from the food. Mm -hmm. So all I'm trying to see is there more to this than just water and food? Could it, has it in any of the tafasir meant that the bounty of Allah yes. should be? is very general. We cannot certainly restrict it to food. It may mean many, many other things as well. Yeah. Saying that on the day of judgment we'll be resurrected, yes? Now, I just wanted to know, I was very confused. Um, I was in a conversation. Say someone's been in a very bad car accident or something, yeah? And the body's smashed. They will also be resurrected with the clothes that they died. With the clothes? With the, with the clothes that they died, or mm -hmm. if they were drowned, mm -hmm. yes? Now, what sawab is there for a person having a Muslim burial with a white cloth and a person who drowned or was not given this kusul. What, what is the dif distinction? What is the sawab? Or is there more sawab in, in having a Muslim funeral, you know, washing the body, than burying or someone who drowned? Because you can't find that body or if it's been eaten up by a shark or anything. Uh, what we do in burial ceremony is, uh, is mainly for the respect of the deceased. However, what they receive in terms of sawab and iqab is certainly uh, due to their actions, not the way they are buried or where they are dead, uh, where they have died. It's uh, uh, totally dependent on what they have done. Uh, Manzur? Uh, you mentioned about these people of Araf who have the permission from Allah to speak to both the people of Jannah and the Jahannam. And then we have the people who make the Shafaat. They also have the permission to make this Shafaat from Allah. And only because of this permission from Allah they can do the Shafaat. Are these the same people uh, or they are different? No, they are the same people. Are the same people. However, not everyone who does shafa'a would be on this very elevated place. This is higher than that position of shafa'a, which even which includes even more people. These are actually the the sources of shafa'a, so to speak, who stand on that very high position. Thank you. Um, I just had another question regarding um, in, in a different surah it says was was sabaqun, sabaqun, wa al yameen and al mash'ala. 
can there be made an analogy between the people of, of the barrier or Araf being Ashab al-Yameen and the people that are already in heaven or Sabiqun Sabiqun or is that completely different? Um, I'm just trying to understand the significance of the people in between heaven and hell standing in between the barrier. Well, Ashabun and Muqarrabun are Ashabul Jannah as well, but all of course their Jannah is different. They are in a different Jannah, but they are from Ashabul Jannah. Uh, I guess not all uh, members of Muqarrabun will be placed on that elevated position. This is, as I said, special, especially made for certain members of this uh, group of Muqarrabun, who are, of course, the, those who, ha- who are at the top of the Muqarrabun category. Uh, so we may imagine some of the Muqarrabun to be on the side of Ashab al-Jannah, not on those heights. That's possible. Thank you, another sister. Nizar? I'm sorry, it's unconnected to today's talk, but something that I wanted to ask you, and I think everyone sitting here would probably like to know the answer as well, so I might as well ask you in public. I attended an Iraqi funeral recently, this week, uh, a young man, and um, it is the first time that I witnessed in the Kabrastan, in in the graveyard, um, women participating fully, right up to the burial. Um, this was new to me as a Khoja. Um, I had always been taught um, or, or told that it is uh, it is makruh um, for women to attend um, attend um, uh, the cemetery. Um, now there are two parts of attending the cemetery. One is just going to the cemetery to recite Fatiha, and there's an attendance to uh, to actually participate at the time of burial as well. And then my little bit of uh, discussion told me that Iraqi communities do do that, women do that. In fact, in Iranian Iranian community, women participate as well. So I really would like to know from you, and it doesn't matter if you don't have the answer today, if you can tell me in January, uh, what does the uh, Islamic uh, hadith say about this, and how zaif or mazboot is the hadith? Uh, we have in Sunni hadith that they uh, very strongly oppose and they put it, some of their scholars put it to be makruh, to be highly makruh. But in Shia traditions, uh, we don't have any hadith op- based upon which a fatwa is issued, that it is not permissible for ladies to attend the burial. And that's why it's a custom, as you said, in Iraq, in Iran, that the ladies come and attend the burial. You, you use the phrase that is customary, but um, so there's nothing in the Shi um, hadith based on, on which a, a fatwa is issued. Because based, of based course, on which a fatwa yeah, is issued. based on which a fatwa is issued. So the ulama have not issued a fatwa with regards to that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Any other sister brothers? Uh, Sheikh, talking about the people of Araf, uh, as we have been discussing, um, we have heard. Uh, from both the Shia side and the Sunni side that uh, Imam Hussein and Imam Hassan are considered to be the, I can't remember the exact wording, but uh, let me put it this way, that the guardian of the Jannah, and if that is the case, then why is the Prophet... Yeah, so why is Prophet specifically mentioned these two personalities? 
Is there some reason for that? Well, because they are probably the uh, have the highest position there amongst the uh, youth of Paras when they were young. Of course, you see, when, for example, I tell you that uh, uh, when you are young, I say that among the youngsters of Paras, you are the, at the top. That means at this age, when I'm judging you, you are at the top in, in that respect. However, we know that Imam Hassan and Imam Hussain, they lived longer, and they, they were not Shabab anymore when they passed away. So in that situation, of course, the, uh, the address is somehow placed in the, the, the context in which the address was issued. There's another possibility, and that is that every, every people in paradise is young. Every person in paradise is young. And therefore, the Prophet have used the phrase while Imam Hassan and Imam Hussein were very young as well, that they are Sayyidah Shabab Ahl al-Jannah, in, in the sense that everyone in paradise is young, and these are the toppest of the youth of paradise. Thank you, Sheikh. Any other sisters or brothers? Uh, no? Thank you, Matindi Sheikh. Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam.